broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I mean, I can, I can always develop in all areas. So, I mean, adding strength, adding, you know, versatility, you know, moving around, moving different positions, running different routes, you know, expanding my route tree, just doing doing different things, finding different ways to help the team out. You know, that's 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 pretty much me. So I'm, I'm open to all of it. And, you know, I'm excited going forward to, to learn and, and do new things for the team. That's the voice of Raiders' second-year wide receiver, Henry Ruggs. He spoke to the media uh, yesterday uh, after practice on a hot day in Las Vegas. Another hot day uh, today, just uh, showing up here today uh, at the Raiders' facility. Some of the players were uh, were done for the day and getting into their cars, and we were all just kind of shaking our heads at how hot it is right now. And... Um, you know, uh, it'll get. It's going to get hotter too. That's the whole thing about uh, here in Las Vegas is the summer wears on. The one difference, though, later on when the Raiders open training camp here in Henderson uh, in late July, when it's super hot as well, uh, they typically go to a 7 a.m. Uh, in the morning. Obviously, 7 a.m. practice. Uh, that's when they start their practices. Right now, they're getting on the field at 10:30 uh, a.m. And there's a reason why that is. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. Thanks for joining us uh, on a uh, unusual time slot. We're we're on from three to five today. That's because the Las Vegas uh, Aviators, who um, play. Uh, the Triple A minor league baseball team here in Las Vegas. They're playing, I think, in Texas today, uh, somewhere uh, further east from here. So the starting time is a little bit different. So uh, they're gonna uh, their game starts shortly after we get off the air today. So uh, good luck to them. Can't wait to get out uh, to a game over at the baseball park in Summerlin. Uh, really looking forward to that. But getting back to the start time for practices right now, it's 10:30, which is you know later than they normally would this time of year, especially when training camp starts uh, later on in July. But there's a reason for that. Um, you know, there's a lot of meetings that happen before practice starts. And, you know, so getting guys in, if you wanted to start at 7 a.m. T- uh, right now during OTAs, guys have to get here way earlier than that to do their meetings and then obviously get on the field at 7 a.m. Uh, you know, so right now, because of that, they're starting around 1030 Um Getting and the actual getting on the field part after they get through with some of their meetings. Well, why is it different now compared to training camp? Big difference <laughs> this time of year by NFL rules and what they've agreed upon with uh, the Players Association. Players are in the building for six hours. That's how long uh, teams get these guys in the building this time of year, six hours. So you have to do some math and you have to be a little bit creative. Um, does it drive coaches crazy a little bit, especially when you're dealing with the kind of weather that you're dealing with here in Las Vegas? Probably. I'm not going to speak for anybody, but I would imagine there's a little bit of frustration uh, in all that. But six hours it is, and as a result, the Raiders uh, have to practice outside at 1030 on some blistering hot days these last couple of days. Now, it's from what I understand, the weather's going to change up a little bit next week uh, to the cooler side, thankfully. So uh, it'll be a little bit more conducive uh, to getting work in next week at 1030 in the morning compared to what it's been like this week. It has been really, really hot. But getting back to Henry Ruggs, um, you know, 
him talking about the things that he was talking about in terms of getting better in all regards, route running, explosiveness, versatility, being able to line up uh, in all the various positions, wide receiver positions, it's all there for Henry Ruggs. He's got the necessary skill set to pull something pretty spectacular off. Um, he's got everything that you need. There was a reason why he was drafted as high as he was. He's not just a fast guy who plays football. He's a football player who happens to run really fast. Um, but there are some finer points to the game that he needs to get smoothed out, and that's not unusual at this stage of a player's career. Uh, what he was asked to do at Alabama with the plethora of talent that they had there uh, was probably a little bit more defined compared to what he's going to be asked to do in the NFL, uh, the, the ways that he's going to ha- um, need to play, the manner in which he's going to need to play, and all the th- different things that he's going to have to do at this level to really succeed and not just be a one-trick pony. That's Those are the areas that he really needs to work on, and he understands that, and the Raiders understand that. And I've said this for a long time. There was always a plan in place for Henry Ruggs. The Raiders never got out from too far out in front of that in terms of putting undue expectations and pressure on him and, and being disappointed with the kind of year that he had from the get-go throughout in real time, retroactively, all of those things. The Raiders were always expressing a development plan for Henry Ruggs. And I know that sometimes fans, you know, they're like, well, you know, he was a 12th pick overall. He should be an all-pro player right off the bat. Well, it doesn't always work that way. And you're not just looking for a guy that – I mean, it's, it's great when it happens right off the bat for somebody. Uh, Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings came in and dominated uh, pretty much from day one. But they're different wide receivers. He's a different wide receiver than Henry Ruggs. The Raiders understood – that there are parts of Henry's game that just needed to be developed and refined, but they believe they have the infrastructure in place from a coaching perspective, um, you know, strength and conditioning perspective, to the player himself. They feel like the work ethic is there, the talent is there, the skill set is there. It just needs to be honed. It just needs to be developed. And so there's there was no freaking out about Henry Ruggs last year, uh, coming off a season when he had, what, 26 catches, 452 yards, a uh, couple of touchdowns. Uh, you know, they understood that the numbers, the sheer numbers, might not reflect some of the um, benefits that he brings, some of the impact that he brings, um, as far as somebody that offenses or defenses have to pay attention to. So there was always the understanding like, look, we're probably going to get this from him. We're probably not going to get that from him. But we're okay with that because we believe that the part that he didn't give, uh, generate, is going to happen. That's the confidence that the Raiders have. And it's it's something that they've always expressed throughout. So, And I I always talk about this, how, you know, when when you listen to, you know, maybe fans or, or media that's outside the, uh, the zip code. What do we talk about all the time? A lot of national media members, and this is no slight on them. If I wasn't covering the Raiders, if I wasn't you know, kind of in tune with, with the Raiders because it's my job to be as far as covering this team on a, on a daily basis, you know, if I was 
covering the Cincinnati Bengals or the New York Jets, I might look at Henry Ruggs' numbers and say, wow, that, what a disappointment, you know, for the 12th pick overall. That's just, uh, you know, what happened? What happened? But covering the team and, and talking to people and, and kind of understanding the situation and having a perspective about the situation, it's a little bit, you know, more understandable because this was those were the sort of the expectations that the Raiders laid out for him um, and had internally. Now, would you like to see more? Of course you'd like to see more. But sometimes you have to be a little bit patient. So, you know, when, again – the national pundits look at it from way up in the air where they are kind of flying by each team that they comment on. It's easy just to look at the sheer numbers and say, wow, what a disappointment. But if you're that, – that doesn't always represent what's really going on and in the Raiders building, and they've been very frank about this. He's on a path. Henry Ruggs is on a path that they believe will get him to where they believe he can get to, and they believe that when he gets there – it's going to be pretty special. Now, him getting there relies on a whole bunch of different factors. Health, uh, is he going to put it in the time? That doesn't appear to be a problem, but, you know, um, it's, it's always part of the uh, calculus of players reaching their potential or not, the work ethic, the heart, the want to, being healthy. Uh, all of those type of things play into it. But there's confidence in this building that – Henry Ruggs is cut from the correct kind of cloth and that when it's all said and done, he's going to be the player that they believed he was going to be when they invested such a high draft pick in him. So uh, I would, if I'm, a, if I'm a Raider fan, if I'm Raider Nation, I would just say, hey, let, the, let it unfold a little bit. There's not everyone's timetable is the exact – it doesn't – the alarm doesn't go off at the exact same time. The finish line isn't, um, you know, a standard finish line where everybody crosses it at the same exact time. There are players who are a little bit more on the development side compared to others who are just a little bit more of a finished product but, you know, when they get to the NFL or they get to the professional level, and that's pretty much what you're, what you're going to get. Those are the special ones. And not to say that Henry Ruggs isn't special. I think what the Raiders just feel like, he has special traits, special talents, special characteristics that you just can't teach. Um, and the other part of it, refining the game, getting stronger, getting more explosive, the, the strength adds to the explosiveness being able to utilize that explosiveness to his benefit uh, in terms of, you know, what we talked about yesterday, being able to get out of a cut on a drop of a dime just exploding past somebody. When gathering the football uh, and going from stop to go and, and, and then even <laughs> a whole other uh, level of speed that he's capable of getting uh, at the drop of a dime. Being able to do that and playing with confidence, uh, I, I think those are the type of things that the Raiders understand are there for, for Henry Ruggs and that he just needs to keep on working on it. And we said this yesterday. Henry Ruggs looks like the, he put the necessary time into the weight room, into what he was eating. What did he tell us yesterday? You know, eating a lot. <laughs> uh, tough problem to have. You know, when, when you, can't, you can hardly eat enough in order to keep the weight on. Uh, it's a problem I think a lot of people would love to have. Uh, only certain few uh, are, are blessed <laughs> with that kind of furnace uh, to be able to just burn it as soon as you eat it. Well, there's other guys uh, like Henry Ruggs that have to eat and eat and eat and stick, stick with it. So 
you know, it's it's something that when you are around this game long enough, you see that, hey, it might take a little bit longer for, for certain guys, but that doesn't mean they're not going to get to the finish line and where they – the Raiders, whoever the, whoever drafted the, the, those players, uh, feel like they're capable of getting. So we'll see. And this is a big year for Henry Ruggs, no question about it. It's a big year for Brian Edwards, uh, the second-year wide receiver from South Carolina. But you look at those two players, and and it just they they pass all the eyeball tests. Uh, they work hard. They both at times last year flashed. There were some moments where both players you're like, oh wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's that's something that you know that those skills are they're in good shape. They they have a chance to be pretty darn good. Now both players dealt with injuries. Uh, both players dealt with not having a traditional off season, a tra- traditional rookie off season. Uh, there were a lot of cards that were stacked against a lot of these young players. Some handle it a little bit better. Um, you know, uh, some. It wasn't a big issue. For others, it was a big issue. But I'll tell you what, injuries are always going to when, – when injuries happen, especially to rookie players, it's just – it's almost like a double whammy uh, compared to a veteran player who isn't necessarily losing time with the playbook, with the development. They're just losing time in terms of actually playing the game. Uh, rookie players, when they go down, especially early, uh, it's just a valuable – amount of time that they're losing, and, and it's, it's an array of different factors that are playing into it. The command of the, whether it's the offense or whether it's the defense, what you're doing, your position, uh, the confidence that, you know, the coaches and, and your teammates have uh, in you, all of that kind of plays into it. If, if somebody like, when Aaron Donald goes out of, you know, if he's lost for a game, nobody's concerned in terms of you know, when he comes back, is he going to be ready to go? Is he going to be able to fit back in? Can we count on him? Is he going to be, um, you know, somebody that that is reliable? Of course he's going to be reliable. Of course he's going to know the playbook inside and out. He's been doing it a long enough time that it's not an issue. He just needs to get healthy. For younger players, it's, is he going to get healthy? Um, is he going to be on the same page when he gets here? Is there going to be some catch-up process? Uh, is he going to be able to make that, you know, complete that process of catching back up and then being able to produce? It's 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 not always easy. And you saw it with Henry Ruggs when he came back from his injury. Uh, it took a little while for uh, him to settle in. When Brian Edwards came back, it took a little while for him to settle back in. Uh, other players had made their moves. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had showed what he was capable of doing. So, had developed a lot of uh, chemistry and confidence with Derek Carr. So by the time Brian Edwards came back, you know, Nelson and Derek were kind of on the same page. So it was understandable that the ball was going more in his direction than anyone else's direction. It's just that was the kind of lost time or the ramifications of lost time for a young player compared to a veteran player. If Darren Waller goes down, you know, Derek Carr is just like, when is he coming back? When is he coming back? When is he, when's Waller coming back? When's Waller coming back? Yeah, you make do without him and other guys step up. But the minute Darren Waller comes back, all right, now we're going back to him, you know, eight, nine, ten times a game or whatever it is. Like, you're just itching to get him back. There's no tra- retransition. There's nothing like that. Derek Carr is going to go right to Darren Waller. And Darren Waller is probably going to be right where he needs to be as he usually is. That's where confidence and command of, of what you're doing comes into play. 
you can't always count on a young player. Uh, just being able to step right back in and pick up where they left off, it just sometimes doesn't happen. And so, um, you know, you gotta, you have to uh, account for that. And so both of those players absolutely dealt with some, you know, very, some various dynamics and issues that kind of stunted their growth last year and stunted their ability to get, you know, get on the field and, and do what they're capable of doing. This year is a different year. And I really believe that this point of the season, this year right now, or, or these OTAs that the Raiders are going through is a huge benefit to guys like Henry Ruggs and guys like Brian Edwards. In fact, Henry Ruggs talks about the importance of OTAs because this is the first OTA, these are the first OTAs that he's going through. Remember, he missed all of this last year, as did all rookies. And here's Henry Ruggs talking about the importance of OTAs. I mean, now that now that I'm here and I'm a part of it, I definitely feel like it's it's a necessity. I mean, just being around the guys, you know, building the chemistry, and just being around the coaches, and even getting just getting that hands-on work, it just just makes things you know that much easier, and you know, makes it make sense. That's Henry Ruggs talking about OTAs. What's that old saying? Uh, you don't know what you miss if you never had it before. So there was no way for somebody like Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards or any of the rookie group, uh, last year's rookie group, uh, to quantify what it was that they were missing by not having OTAs. They had never been through OTAs, so they couldn't explain or talk about or understand um, you know, what it was that they were missing. All they knew is what they knew, which was Zoom meetings, <laughs> throughout this time of year and try to get workouts where you can on your own. Uh, any gyms that might be open, somebody that you know uh, in town that'll let you work uh, work out at a, uh, at a credible gym. Remember, everything was closed down this time of year, basically. So just trying to get in somewhere just to get a proper workout in, guys had to be really, really creative and maybe even doing a little bit of sneaking around. And can you blame them? Considering what it, what their job is and what they needed to do to be ready to do that job at a pretty high level, none of that. Think about what what a lot of those rookie players uh, had to deal with last year, and they just didn't know that because they had never done the other part, what they're doing now. So they couldn't tell you, you know, what it was that they were missing if they were missing anything at all. That's just all they knew was, you know, <laughs> meeting John Gruden and the position coaches and all the other players on Zoom, trying to do whatever you can at home. Uh, with your buddies, or like I said, finding some kind of a gym, getting out uh, into a local to a local park to play with whoever you might be able to round up. If you're here in Las Vegas, you know Derek Carr was was putting together some workouts. That's all they knew, and so they couldn't tell you throughout the year. Like, hey, you know, what do you think you missed during the offseason? I don't know. <laughs> I've never done a regular NFL offseason. But the players around them knew, you know, the second-year players, the veteran players, are like, eh, you missed a pretty big step <laughs> in the whole process last year. And that's why now that they're here and that they see it and that they're going through it, they understand, like, you know what, this is, this is actually pretty valuable. And so many of the players that we've talked to, uh, especially the ones that, you know, this is the first time around, I think their impressions are, you know, it's not just the X's and O's part of it, which is, of course, important. You got to know what you're supposed to be doing, and that's taught to you in the, in the meetings, in the classrooms, and then you go out on the field, and uh, that's where you're, um, you know, putting it to actual use on, on the grass. 
Uh, but it's also just being around teammates, getting to know guys. How many times have we talked about that? The importance of relationships. It's a people business, professional sports, and a professional football team. And, you know, when you're in your position group and there's eight other guys or whatever the case might be, depending on what position you're on, you got to, you know, if you're in the defensive backfield, you've got safeties and cornerbacks and slot cornerbacks and outside cornerbacks and reserve players and nickelbacks and all of that. And guys are just trying to get to know each other and learn each other, um, get along, develop chemistry, develop trust, the trust between a safety and a cornerback. You got my back back there or what? You know, are we on the same page here? Are we doing the same thing or, 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 you know, you got that call. I got that call. You know what you're supposed to do on this call. I know what I'm supposed to do on this call. I got your back. You got my back. A lot of that is being developed right now. It's a bigger step than I think people sometimes give it credit for. Yeah, we heard J.C. Uh, Treader, <laughs> you know, during, during the offseason talking about, you don't need this. You're not going to have this. The season went on great last year. No, it, not really. It, it didn't. There was a lot of sloppy football out there last year. It just happened. It, it They got the season through. That doesn't mean it was at a high quality or a high level. There was a lot of sloppiness last year. J.C. Treader. <laughs> I still, I you know, I know he's got his agenda, and I know that you know, he's trying to fight for something, but I think he was really short-sighted uh, in, in trying to, get all these other guys on you know on his side of things on the union side of things when so many players have their own journeys and their own stories and their own situations that they got to deal with it's high stakes a lot of money involved jobs precious few there's only so many guys on the planet that are capable of doing what a lot of these guys do and on each team there's only 53 times 32 that's not a lot when you think about this whole planet earth those jobs are precious. They pay a lot of money. This career can set you up for the rest of your life. And sometimes you just got to work at it and continue to work at it to find your place. I just felt like J.C. Treader was kind of forgetting about that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 9 a.m. I'll say Nate, Nate Hobbs, uh, young guy. Um, I feel like he's going to be really talented. Uh, he practice hard. Um, he go through his drills really well. Um, I like the way he approach practice. Um, I feel like he's going to be a, a, a real good uh, player for us, as long as he just uh, keep his mentality up and just keep going hard every day. Um, Trent's doing very well. I'm um, happy for him. I'm excited to see uh, how he, he's going to tr- uh, transition um, to this system. Um, and the way he's approaching every day is like he's ready and prepared. That's Raiders cornerback Trayvon Mullen, and he was talking about uh, fifth-round pick Nate Hobbs, mostly anyway. It's funny because we talked about this yesterday. How uh, sometimes when you it's when you bring up a player to another player, uh, hey, what do you think about so and so or that? Generally speaking, you're going to get a glowing response, you know, teammate to teammate. 
so, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying you take it with a grain of salt, but, you know, nobody's going to say, well, he was terrible out there. <laughs> you know, he's um, – and so they're always going to make it – paint it in the, in the most, um, you know, positive manner. But when you ask somebody, a veteran player or somebody who's been around a little while, hey, is there anybody that's impressing you? Um, and they immediately – they don't even have to think about it, and they immediately go to somebody. That usually means that it's because that player is making an impression. And so uh, just a, a, a little tip for question askers out there. Uh, leave it open-ended a little bit every once in a while and see what the reaction might be. So, you know, asking Trayvon Mullen, hey, is there anybody in particular that's been, that's been you, you know, impressing you? He could have said, oh, all the guys and, you know, blah, 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 and kind of, you know, danced around it a little bit. But he went right to Nate Hobbs. And that's pretty interesting to me. Uh, you watched Hobbs play uh, at Illinois. He didn't get a lot of accolades. Uh, the program wasn't always that great while he was there. Um, playing in the Big Ten, Illinois, it's usually or has been, uh, especially recently, one of the bottom feeders uh, in that conference, unfortunately. But Nate Hobbs, when you put the tape on, can play. And he there's a toughness and a chip on his shoulder that he plays with and he operates with. Just talking to him uh, the couple of times uh, that that's happened, you get that. You feel it. And so a lot of times those type of guys, when you have the talent to back it up, they get places. And it's encouraging and should be encouraging to Raider Nation that Trayvon Mullen is already seeing this young player practicing the right way, uh, bringing the right kind of attitude and the right kind of demeanor. Uh, and, he's, and, and there's an opening here. Let's face it. Uh, there's, a, there's an opening at slot cornerback, uh, the, the slot cornerback position. Don't know exactly how that's all going to play out. Um, and there's a couple possibilities. Maybe it's, you know, uh, Hayward. Maybe Casey Hayward slides down to the slot. Maybe Damon Arnett slides down to the start uh, slot, depending on who wins that outside cornerback position. Or maybe, you know, Nate Hobbs. Maybe it's Amik Robertson. Don't know. But the point is there's an opening there. And Nate Hobbs already, at least, uh, is showing some of the traits that you want to see from NFL players. And that's coming from a veteran teammate like Trayvon Mullen. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, Evan Grote. Um, he is the host of Just Pod Baby. Evan, thanks for spending some time with us. How are you doing, my man? Hey, Vinny. How's it going? Glad to be in the huddle with you. And uh, I've been monitoring the weather out there in Las Vegas. I hope you're, you're finding a place to stay cool. Well, thankfully, in uh, this the beautiful facilities facility here in Henderson and the studio that uh, that I'm uh, working in today it's beautiful and very nicely uh, air conditioned but there's no doubt <laughs> that it's extremely hot out there and the time of day that the Raiders are practicing 10:30 it's different from what they do during training camp which is uh, you know 7 a.m. in the morning is typically when they practice but you can do that when you have the players for as long as you need them on any given day uh, during training camp that's not the case during OTAs the players are only allowed to be in the building six hours so you have to really maximize the time between the meetings and the conditioning and the time on the field and et cetera, et cetera. so for those purposes John Gruden um, has kind of figured it out that this is the best time to, to actually practice Although these last couple of days, it's been pretty hot, and I feel bad for those guys, but they got through it. Yeah, I, I saw the, uh, like I said, I monitored the temperatures. I saw it got up to 108 today. So, I mean, that is a, that's an absolute scorcher. And, you know, I'm over here in uh, 
Western New York, uh, the, the suburbs of Buffalo. So we don't we don't see many days that get up to 108. In fact, we had about 68 degrees today with some rain. So it's not something that I can can relate to at all. But um, it, it does sound like uh, you know they're 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 doing everything they can to you know monitor player safety and and that sort of thing. And uh, you know it's just something being out in the desert. Uh, that 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 Gruden and his staff have is going to have to man, manage, and I think that's the benefit of having the new facilities that they have out there in Henderson. They have the indoor facility that I believe is uh, air conditioned. So if they have to pivot, if it gets too hot out there, and they believe it's a, a hazard to the player safety, then they could always pivot and and get them indoor to that the beautiful indoor facility. Yeah, and which is what they do. Uh, part of their practice is outdoors, and then they slide back inside uh, to to wrap it up. And it's there's no doubt that. It's air conditioned. You can feel it. You just walk by it. And for some reason, I seem to always kind of end up over there at some point during the morning practice because I don't know. Well, I do know. It feels really nice when you're standing over <laughs> over there because you feel that air conditioner. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a good setup, and it's just unfortunate the weather is not working out uh, this week. But it's supposed to get a little cooler next week, so uh, that'll be more conducive to getting uh, some, some work in uh, there. From uh, Evan following it as you have anything that's jumped out uh, at you so far yeah yeah i think the, the biggest takeaway for me and, and you were touching on it earlier in your show uh was 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 the com- the comments from from henry ruggs uh yesterday i think that's that's the one that everyone seems to be the most uh interested in and i, I think if you were to, to to pull raider nation out there and, and create a list of of players who have the most approved this season Henry Ruggs would be on all of those lists from everyone you ask. And, and, you know, we know that he has a dynamic skill set. He's got the rare speed. But we got to be honest, he struggled in year one to put it all together. Only had the 26 receptions, 452 yards, the two touchdowns. He did deal with some injuries and whatnot. Um, they didn't have the, the off seasons like, like they are having this year. And, and, you know, depending on who you talk to, some out there would tell you that, you know what? I think he had a major impact on the offense. You heard his teammate Hunter Renfro speak about that yesterday. Some of the coaches have, have spoke about that as well, um, how he opens up the field for others. Uh, but I think there's other people who are in the camp that think his rookie season was, was a disappointment. And, and I personally, I kind of fall somewhere in the middle with that discussion. I understand the threat of, of his speed and the impact that it does have on the offense. Uh, for guys like Darren Waller, and last year we saw what it did for Nelson Aguilar. But at some point, and hopefully it's this year, he's got to step up and make more impact plays. And I, and I mean that you know from a statistical standpoint, and, and not just from a decoy standpoint, not just a guy who's going to open up things for other people. Because however however fans want to look at it, or however however you know we want to kind of spin it to fit our own our own narrative, the guy was the twelfth overall pick. And and there's no there's no um, overlooking that he was the first receiver taken in in the to the 2020 draft class over some really really tans- talented guys, and you know you don't use premium picks like that on guys to be decoys. And and I've heard what the coaches have had to say about they knew what they were getting in rugs, and and I you know I believe that when they say that. But I just think when you're drafting players that high, you're looking to get difference makers, and you know. That being said, the coaches have spoke openly about his, you know, their their want for him to improve as a route runner, uh, to get stronger and to be more physical. And from everything that he had to say yesterday, he has made that priority number one this off season. So I do expect to see a different Henry Ruggs than what we saw last year. And, and to be honest, I think this offense 
need need him to be uh, a difference maker um, because although they were a top ten offense last year, when Nelson Aguilar departed for New England, that vacated a lot of production, a lot of targets, and someone besides Darren Waller needs to step up and pick up some of that that slack that's going to be left behind by uh, Aguilar. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, looking at the numbers, right, Henry Ruggs, you, you mentioned, you know, the 43, uh, or excuse me, the 26 catches for 452 yards, 17.4 yards per catch. That's pretty healthy. Uh, two touchdowns. Targets, 43. Um, you look at somebody like Tyreek Hill, I'm not trying to compare the two players just yet. We'll see if Henry Ruggs uh, can, can get close to that at some point. Targets for Tyreek um, was 135 in 15 games. Henry played 13 games. How much of this is on now John Gruden and the offensive staff and Derek Carr making sure that that never happens again? Yeah, yeah. The, the 40, 42 targets uh, in 13 games. That's 3.3 targets per game. Because I, I, this is something. This is a topic that I have. Anybody out there who listens to my podcast and follows me, this is something that I have talked about all season long last year. I think it falls more so on the shoulders of John Gruden for not doing enough to get Henry Ruggs involved. Um, I, I, again, you talked about Tyreek Hill. I look at, well, obviously I'm watching the Chiefs a lot because they're division rival, and you look at the ways that Andy Reid gets the ball Tyreek Hill, and I'm not saying that Henry Ruggs is uh, is the next Tyreek Hill. I'm not. That's not the point I'm making. But when you have a playmaker like that, you have to be more creative in how you utilize him. And I just didn't see that in year one from from Gruden um, in his usage with Ruggs. We did see occasionally. We saw some of those jet sweeps. We saw him as a ball carrier, um, but I did not see enough short routes. I want to see more short routes from Henry Ruggs. I don't need to see the deep ball all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's great. He's got that deep speed, and, and that, that could be a great weapon to have, but let's get him, let's, let's get him going on some short slant routes, some, some five-yard hook routes, let him catch the ball, make a man miss, and, and use some of that deep speed. Uh, those are the types of things that you see Tyreek Hill doing, and I, again, as you mentioned, I think it's up to John Gruden to do a little bit more to, to get the ball into the hands of his playmaker, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, and I think he will. I think that's... Um the objective, that's the goal. Um, and I think that, I, I, I do believe, you know, just talking to people, there was a building uh, prospect, there was a, build, a building aspect with Henry Ruggs. And it just felt like they didn't want to, I, I don't want to use the word overwhelm him like you, like you, you know, wouldn't have been able to uh, grasp it or anything like that. It's not that, but it just felt like they understood there are some things that he needs to work on and he needs to get better at and just build and that he needs to get that foundation in order before you take the next step with getting him the ball, you know, or targeting him 85 to 100 times, which I think is what their vision is uh, of him. And we'll see if that increases dramatically this year. If he's come in here and he looks bigger, he looks stronger, uh, really haven't been able to watch him on in, you know in, in any eleven on eleven type situations. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to do that in minicamp to see how they are using him. I know that behind the scenes, and somebody told me just yesterday, somebody you know, uh, the, the, what, what was told to me is, I really wish you guys could see what we're seeing in the other part of it, the part that we're not seeing right now, and um, hopefully, we're going to get a chance to see that because. 
and there was an ex- a little bit of an excitement in that statement, man, which we kind of can see what, what what's going on with some of these guys. Because uh, right now we're just seeing like you know some some technical stuff, some drills before they actually get to doing working offense against defense. So can't wait to see that. And I have a feeling that Henry Ruggs is is a big part uh, of that. Uh, another player that I that I wanted to talk to you though, and we're talking to Evan Grote, um, who's nice enough to join us uh, in the huddle. And, and when I say that. Raider Nation should probably be encouraged by what was told to me yesterday about that. I just got the sense like some there's some things that are clicking right now, or or some guys made uh, you know took big steps forward, and uh, they're they're really excited about. It. And just understand this, Evan. Like last year at this time, there was a lot of this is going to hurt us, <laughs> you know, not having this time of year with so many young players. This might not work out too well in terms of that with the young players. So. A little bit of a different tone uh, now that these guys are actually out on the field this time of year. But I wanted to ask you about Foster Moreau, Evan. And uh, he's another player that I think is, is it, the role is going to expand, and it's on the verge of expanding. I think last year was, you know, he was hurt. The year before, he was still kind of working his way back. Uh, they signed Jason Witten. I, I think fans kind of read into that a little wrong, that they were burying Foster Moreau. It wasn't that. It was insurance to, and, and insurance almost against themselves to push him too far too early. And they wanted to bring him along because they understand what they have in Foster Moreau. And they wanted to bring him along prudently and, and have a veteran you know, to, to make up that time or, or fill a spot while he was still getting ready. What are your thoughts on Foster Moreau? I'm not thinking that he's going to be an 80 catch guy or anything like that, but I think he could be a focal point of this, or not a focal point, but a big part of this offense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally on board with, with, with your thoughts on, on Foster Morrow. Um, you know, he's a guy who uh, came in as a rookie and really flashed, you know, make, making some nice plays, five touchdowns in, in his rookie season that, you know, we saw ended with that, that torn ACL and, um, you know, saw his did see his role reduced a bit last year, more so because of the injury and just getting back to 100. percent But he saw his his uh, playing his snaps go down from 36 percent um, to 26 uh, percent, I believe, or 24 percent. So they went down, you know, quite a bit. But that, as you said, had more to do with the injury and, and recovering from that injury, and less to do with with Jason Witten. But um, you know, I just talked about targets and production that was vacated from Nelson Aguilar when he left to go to New England. Morrow is another guy who, along with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, hopefully are guys who are going to step up and, and fill some of that that lack of production. Foster Morrow is another guy who you have to be excited about and, and what he's capable of doing, what we saw from him in his rookie year, and what his teammates are saying about him. You heard Darren Waller had a lot of great things to say about him and you know, that his explosiveness is, is, is increasing, and he's put in a lot of work in this offseason. I've heard from yourself and other uh, guys who cover the team closely that he looks to be in great shape. So, And I know that Gruden, uh, in that coaching clinic, there's that, that tape that's out there of Gruden speaking really highly of, of uh, Foster Morrow as well. So uh, I, I, too, am excited about him. I think he can be uh, a difference maker for this team, a guy who could help them with some of the struggles that they've had in the red zone in recent years. So I, I do look for him to, to be a, a big player on this offense this year in 2020 or 2021. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I think there's a lot of guys, uh, or at least a handful of guys that kind of fit that category, Foster, 
Brian Edwards, you know, Henry Ruggs, these young players that big things are expected. Um, and now is the time for them to make that move. And, and it'll be interesting once, you know, training camp starts or once we see them in mini camp and then training camp, uh, if that's, if they're, if they're on that path. Uh, and if they are, that's really good news uh, for this Raiders team, especially this offense that needs to get better in some of the marginal areas uh, that, are, that have high impact uh, on wins and losses. Uh, so, so we'll see. Evan Grode, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Really appreciate it. Uh, always enjoy the insight and the visit. Uh, take care of yourself. Have a great week, and we will probably talk to you hopefully next week. Yep, anytime, Vinny. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. You got it, man. That's Evan Grote, uh, just pod baby, uh, does a really good job and always has some really good insight. And uh, how about the little flex? Oh, it's only it's 68 degrees here in uh, western New York right now. Man, I would die for 68 right now. It is hot. I'm just telling you guys, it is blazing hot right now uh, in Las Vegas, and it kind of just jumped on us. Uh, but it's supposed to get a little bit cooler uh, next week down to the uh, mid-90s or so, and we will take it. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Thursday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. I uh, hope you're having a great week. Short week. Thanks for joining us uh, in the unusual time slot, uh, 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, today. Uh, the uh, Las Vegas uh, Aviators, the baseball team, the AAA baseball team here in Las Vegas, which here on Raider Nation Radio, uh, we broadcast their games and happy to do it. Uh, they're playing, I think, in Texas uh, today, somewhere uh, east of here. So the time difference is a little bit off. So uh, so we had to uh, get on a little bit early. Happy to do it. Uh, interesting times uh, for the Raiders. A couple of moves um, that they made today. Uh, number one, it looks like they are bringing back an old friend at uh, offensive tackle. Sam Young uh, is expected to sign back with the Raiders. He played last year, uh, started seven games uh, last year. Remember, Trent Brown was oft injured. Uh, the right tackle, the veteran right tackle, uh, played all of, what, four games last year for the Raiders. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. It meant Sam Young uh playing way more than, than anyone really anticipated or, or for that matter, hoped. Uh, nothing against him, but, you know, the, the plan here was for Trent Brown to make every start at right tackle. That didn't happen, so it meant that, meant that Sam Young uh, had to play more than expected, seven starts. Uh, he's being brought back, uh, it looks like, and uh, I'm sure that's going to be official here fairly soon. But what does that mean? You know, well, the the Raiders just drafted Alex Leatherwood. I know when I when I you know put it out there on Twitter, everyone was like, you know, is this does that mean that they're down on Alex Leatherwood? No, they're not down on Alex Leatherwood. This is more about the players behind Alex or uh, yeah, Alex Leatherwood. So um, you know, Brandon Parker, 
He's gotten a few opportunities uh, to prove that when called upon, he can perform at, at an acceptable level. Unfortunately for Brandon, you know, the opportunities that he's gotten um, didn't really take advantage of him. And so, you know, I'm sure the Raiders are, especially now after seeing uh, the team here uh, in this environment for a little while. All right, so maybe he's not taking the step forward um, that they were hoping. So maybe it's time to go bring in some veteran reinforcements. So it sounds like Sam Young is uh, is is on his way back. But I wouldn't, you know, like I said, it's not. And it, it maybe Brandon Parker is fine. I don't know that to be the case. But usually, when you make a move uh, at this stage, after having a couple of weeks now. Um, five or six practices now to, for the coaching staff to be able to really get a good look of where everybody is right now. Um, you know, it, it's this is the time where if you have any concerns about any position, any particular you know position group, uh, we talked about this yesterday. This is why this is another reason why OTAs are so important because coaching staffs, decision makers, are able to take a look at what it is that they're actually working with. Uh, I had. You know, coaches tell me all the time, like, this is literally the first time I'm seeing these guys on the field. Like, I don't, everything's been on paper up until now. Since the last time we saw them in January or wherever the season ended, this is the first time that the coaching staff gets a chance to see what it is that they're working with for the next year. And there's a little bit of a gap between now and training camp. You've got 90 roster spots. You're trying to maximize them, bringing in the best 90 players that you can find to compete for 53 positions and roster spots on the team. And so this is a valuable evaluation time to check out, to see, to understand how do we feel about our tight end group? How do we feel about the running back group? How do we feel about the quarterback group? How do we feel about linebacker? You know, um, and so, offensive tackle. Bringing in Sam Young, if it becomes official, is probably a little bit of an indicator that, you know, maybe there is some concern. Or a little bit of, hmm, is Brandon uh, Parker ready to go? Uh, is Jared Jones-Smith ready to go? The other player is DeVry Hamilton, uh, undrafted rookie free agent from Duke by way of Stanford. So, you know, you look behind Alex Leatherwood, you look behind Colton Miller. Obviously, on, or excuse me, Denzel Good has a tackle in his background. So if worse came to worse, maybe, you know, depending on how that guard position plays out, maybe Denzel Good becomes the swing tackle. Uh, but it looks like the Raiders have decided, yeah, might need to bring in Sam Young, uh, somebody that knows the system, has been here before kind of have an idea of what he's capable of doing. Uh, there were injury factors last year, and then he played more than he was expected to. And so I think that kind of added up to it as well and, and, and created some of those injuries. Uh, but, you know, there was a comfort level. He wasn't the best tackle by any stretch of the imagination. But in the Raiders' eyes, he, he, you know, he's somebody that they can count on in a pinch. So uh, it looks like that's... Uh, going to come down the pike here pretty soon and be official here pretty soon. Sam Young back with the Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador.